I'll be reading from 2 Timothy, the second chapter, verses 6 and 7. In the Red Pew Bible, that's page 995. 2 Timothy, chapter 2, verse 6 and 7. Pew Bible, 995. It is hard working farmer who ought to have the first share of his crop. Think over what I say, for the Lord will give you understanding in everything. All through this month, we are finishing our theme of Rise Up and Build. And we're taking lessons this month from the book of 2 Timothy as we think about leaving a godly legacy. If you have your book, Bibles and they're already open to 2 Timothy, look at chapter 1 and verse 13. 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 13. The Apostle Paul writes to Timothy and says, Timothy, you hold on, you hold fast, you follow the pattern of sound words which you've heard from me in faith and love which are in Christ Jesus. What does it mean to be sound? What does it mean for an individual to be sound? What does it mean for a congregation to be sound in the faith? That's a question well worth thinking about because the Bible uses that exact terminology to describe congregations, to describe individuals. What does it really mean to be sound in the faith? Let's explore that for a few moments this evening. The word sound, it's a Bible word there in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 13, and the word itself is found 23 times in your New Testament. It is found in the gospel accounts 12 times, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Oftentimes, it's found in reference to a healing, a miracle that Jesus performed where someone would be ill or someone would be infirm and Jesus would heal them and the Bible would say they are sound, they are made well. But it's also an interesting word because in First and Second Timothy and Titus, that same word sound is found nine times. And so as Paul is writing the letter of First and Second Timothy, as he writes the letter to Titus, these young men who are preachers of the gospel, one of his primary concerns is that they hold on to sound teaching, that they hold on to that which is healthy and wholesome and uplifting. And so as you look at how the word is distributed throughout the New Testament, when we read First and Second Timothy and Titus, we really ought to tune in to what it means to be sound. The word itself literally means to be healthy, to be whole, to be in good condition, to be, doctrinally speaking, free from error or falsehood. That's what the word sound means. And so if you want to just kind of conceptualize that word and use it as you're reading through your New Testament, I like to use the term healthy because healthy really encompasses what soundness is all about. Healthy is what I am feeding my soul, is what I am feeding my mind, is it healthy? I love the holidays for a lot of reasons, but I especially love the food. Pumpkin pie and pecan pie and things like that, those are wonderful, but you wouldn't want to try to live on those foods, would you? Why not? 
because you recognize inherently while they may have a little bit of nutritional value, they're not very healthy as foods. The Bible tells us that there are some kinds of teaching that are a lot like pumpkin pie, they're a lot like pecan pie. They may well be sweet and they may well have a little bit of nutritional value, but you certainly wouldn't want to try to live spiritually on that kind of teaching. So what does it mean to be sound? As you read First and Second Timothy and Titus, you'll find Paul saying things like this. In First Timothy chapter 1 verse 10, cling, hold fast to sound doctrine, healthy teaching. In 2 Timothy 4 verse 3, he tells Timothy to preach the word. And then he says the reason why you've got to preach it and keep on is because the time will come when people will not endure sound doctrine. But after their own lusts, after their own desires, they will heap up teachers for themselves because they have itching ears. They don't want to hear the truth anymore. They don't want to listen to what's healthy for them anymore. Timothy, you be a preacher of the truth no matter what. Cling to sound doctrine. Secondly, the word is used, as you read First and Second Timothy and Titus, to talk about the words of Christ specifically. In First Timothy chapter 6, verse 3, Paul is writing about some people who are charlatans. They are putting on a show, and they are preaching and peddling spiritual things for profit. And Paul says they will not conform to, they will not listen to the sound words, the healthy words of Christ. And again, as you read 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 13, Paul says, hold fast the pattern, we talked about that this morning, of sound words, which you've heard from me. Paul says, the things that I've communicated to you, Timothy, the gospel that I've given you, this body of truth that's going to help you to learn who God is and what God desires. It's a sound truth. It's healthy. And ultimately, all of us are commanded to be sound in the faith. When it comes to our beliefs and our convictions and when it comes to our lives, can it be said that we are sound in the faith? Titus chapter 1 verse 13, Titus chapter 2 verse 2, command older men that they be sound in the faith that they make sure that they're healthy spiritually. So this idea of soundness, this idea of what it means to be sound has to do with being healthy. I don't know about you, but it seems like when I sit in the assembly now, we're hacking and coughing and we are clearing our throats and if anybody doesn't have a supply of cough drops, you know, I'd like to know who you are, right? Because when the weather starts doing what it does here in Houston this time of year, it gets hot one day, cold the next day, hot the next day, it just does something to your immune system, it does something to your allergies, and people are just struggling. We're not quite sound physically, are we? And everybody's wishing, we'll say things like, I wish I could just get over this, I wish I could just get back to health. You know, sometimes that's the way we act spiritually as well. Sometimes we get a habit or we get a routine or we get in a rut in our lives and we're not doing what the Lord wants us to do. And we're not living the way the Lord wants us to live. And spiritually speaking, we're not pursuing the things that God wants us to pursue. And sometimes we need to take a good look at our own souls and say, you know what? 
I wish I could get back to where God wants me to be. I want to be healthy. I want to be whole. I want to be in good condition spiritually. Are you sound in the faith? And sometimes congregations can do that. Sometimes congregations by routine, by tradition, by just being in a rut, by being devastated by something that happens in the life of that congregation, sometimes churches get that way as well. Sometimes it's through false teachers coming in and promoting things that are unhealthy. We need to be concerned about being biblically sound, biblically healthy, biblically whole, in good condition. When we talk about this idea of soundness, two principles rise to the surface. Number one, the Word of God brings spiritual health. I want you to listen to what I just said. If people are going to be healthy spiritually, it's going to be because they hear and they embrace and they obey the Word of God. That's why Paul says repeatedly in 1st and 2nd Timothy and Titus that sound doctrine, sound teaching is necessary for the people of God because the Word of God leads to spiritual health. Nothing else will suffice. Nothing else will do it. You may think you've got a better idea than God. You may think you've got a better way of doing it than God, but only the Word of God makes people healthy spiritually. Secondly, like unto this particular teaching, the Word of God counteracts any teaching or idea or practice that would threaten your soul's well-being. So when we talk about being sound in the faith, the Word of God not only provides what's necessary for health, but the Word of God undermines, counteracts that which would make you unhealthy spiritually. Whether it be a thought, whether it be an idea, whether it be an action, God's Word speaks to what is unhealthy as well as providing what's healthy for us. Let's be a people of the book. Let's be a people who listen to truth and obey the truth because that's what it means to be biblically sound. Five principles, five thoughts this evening about what it means to be sound in the faith. Here they are, number one. When we are sound in the faith, when we're spiritually healthy, we are motivated by love. There are a lot of people, a lot of brethren that think that just by being doctrinally accurate, if we can just make sure that everything we're doing is exactly what the Bible teaches that we ought to do, that's all that's required of us. That's all that we need to be concerned about. But the Bible says repeatedly that unless what we do has been motivated by love, we're not sound, we're not healthy spiritually. People asked Jesus what the greatest commandment was. They wanted to be sound in the way that they understood the Old Testament. And Jesus said, the greatest commandment, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Matthew 22, verses 37 through 40. In 1 Corinthians 16, verse 14, to a congregation that had plenty of fights and arguments among themselves, the church at Corinth, Paul said, Watch, stand fast in the faith, be brave, be strong, let all that you do be done in love. Make sure that what you're doing is motivated by a love for God and a love for your brothers and sisters in Christ. If you're not motivated by that, you might as well not do it, even if it's biblically right. 
Love must be the motive for our actions. In 1 Corinthians 13, verses 1 through 3, Paul said, Though I speak eloquently, if I don't speak out of love, it profits me nothing. Though I give liberally, if I don't give by a motive of love, it profits me nothing. Whatever I do, if love is not my motivation, then I'm not healthy, I'm not sound, biblically speaking. Revelation 2, verses 1 through 7, Jesus writes a letter to the church at Ephesus. And if you remember what he said to that congregation in Revelation chapter 2, he commended them for their doctrinal stance. They hated the Nicolaitans. They hated what the Nicolaitans taught and what they stood for. And if anybody stood up and tried to teach a Nicolaitan doctrine, whatever that was, in their assemblies, oh, they would not let that stand. We're not going to let you preach that kind of doctrine among us. We're not going to let people believe that kind of doctrine among us. Jesus says you're doing well. But in Revelation chapter 2 verse 4, you remember? You have left your first love. They might have been doctrinally accurate. They might have been doing what pleased the Lord from a doctrinal perspective, but they lacked love. If we're going to be spiritually, biblically sound, healthy, Everything we do must be motivated by a love for God, a love for people. It must be. Secondly, what does it mean to be sound biblically? It means that we act with wisdom and expedience. Wisdom. Wisdom is the ability to see and to choose what's best. I like that definition, I've used it for years. It's the ability to see what's best and to choose what's best. Out of a lot of good options, a lot of things that may not be inherently sinful in and of themselves, some choices are better than others. Some options are wiser than others. And if we're gonna be healthy spiritually, we're going to have to learn to act with wisdom and expedience in the way that we treat other people. You don't always have to say all that's on your mind. That's wisdom. The ability to remain silent and be thought a fool rather than to open your mouth and remove all doubt. That's wisdom. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 6 verse 12, all things are lawful for me, but not all things are helpful. What's he mean there? He means there are a lot of options that are available to me. There are a lot of things I could do biblically. A lot of things that scripturally there would be nothing wrong with them, but it's not always helpful or edifying or good for the church, good for the people of God for me to pursue those things. To be spiritually healthy means that we act with wisdom and expedience. The Hebrews writer talked about people who should have been teachers, Hebrews 5, 11 through 14. And in verse 14 of that chapter, he says, through time and through diligence, through practice, that we can gain wisdom and discernment. As we live the Christian life, there is a growth that takes place, there's a maturity that takes place, and we learn to make good decisions. We learn to seek what's really best in a given situation. Philippians 1, 9 through 11, Paul was praying for the church, and he was asking God to let their love abound more and more in all knowledge and discernment. Sometimes it's hard to love people. We don't always see eye to eye. 
I was having a conversation just this weekend with somebody about being patient. When you think about working with people and you talk about wanting people to obey the truth and wanting people to to turn their lives to God and to be what God wants them to be, sometimes it's hard to know when confrontation can really be helpful and when just letting people go down the path they're on might be the wiser course of action. People who are sound, who are healthy biblically, they pray about these things. They look for what's wise, what's expedient in their relationships with others. James says the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, reasonable, unwavering, full of mercy and good fruit, and without hypocrisy, James chapter 3, verse 17. You look at those qualities of the wisdom that's from above, somebody who's willing to yield, somebody who's not a hypocrite, somebody who is pure in heart, that's somebody who's healthy spiritually. We're not very healthy spiritually when everything we do is rash and foolish and we're flying by the seat of our pants and we're knee-jerk reacting to everything around us. Being sound in the faith means we act with wisdom, we act with expedience in the way that we treat other people. Number three, being sound in the faith means that we are not just hearers, but doers of the word. Not just hearers, but doers. The one who knows the right thing to do, but does not do it. To him, it is sin. James 4, 17. When you know what you ought to do, but you refuse or you fail to do it. God calls that sin. We must be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving ourselves. James chapter 1, verse 22 teaches. You know, there are a lot of people that know an awful lot of truth. They've got sound doctrine between their ears. They know what's healthy. They know what's right. They know what's true, but they don't live it in their lives. They may have the right answers to the question. They may have the right ideas. They may be biblically exactly what the Lord wants them to be when it comes to their understanding. But if there is no obedience, if there's no pursuit of the things that God has taught in his word, we're still not healthy. We're still not sound biblically. I remember years ago, a preacher friend of mine was in a congregation up in the Northeast and the church was having a debate amongst themselves. There was no elders in the congregation. It was just a men's meeting. And uh, one of the things that they were talking about was being doctrinally sound. And they wanted to make sure that they understood what the truth was on certain matters, on certain issues. Meekly, one elderly man raised his hand and wanted to speak. And everybody got quiet for a minute. And this elderly man said, you know what? When I read my Bible, all these issues that you guys are talking about are important, but I want to point out a church that is not evangelistic is not sound. A congregation that's not reaching out to the lost is not healthy biblically. They may know what they need to do, but if they're not doers, they're not healthy. We are not just hearers, but doers of God's word. It's not just about being accurate. It's about obedience. Ephesians 6 verse 6 and passages like 1 John chapter 3 verse 18 teach us that we're not to just be Christians in word, not just as men pleasers, but sincerely from the heart obeying the Lord. Sincerely from the heart doing his will and accomplishing his work in this world. Being sound is about being a doer. 
when you stop and think about it, I'm convinced that most Christians know more truth than they actually live, myself included. I know what's right in a lot of areas of my life, but doing it, following through, that can be difficult. Being sound, being healthy, means we put God's word to work. Number four, being sound, being healthy means that we are humble and not puffed up, not full of ourselves. The Pharisee in Jesus' parable, Luke 18, 9 through 14, stood out in front of the public and prayed, God, I'm thankful I'm not like other men. And he continued his proud prayer to God and talked about how he had accomplished so many good things and how he didn't do the things that God said not to do. Jesus later pointed out at the end of that parable that of the two men that prayed, the Pharisee went down from the temple and he was not justified. Why was he not justified? Why were his sins not forgiven? Because, Jesus says, he was puffed up, full of pride. 1 Corinthians 10 verse 12 warns us all, let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. Proverbs 16 verse 18 warns us that pride destroys everything it touches. Pride goes before a fall, a haughty spirit before destruction. Proverbs 16, verse 18. Whatever pride touches, it starts to corrode, it starts to erode, it starts to destroy. That's the nature of pride. It's what it does. In Colossians 1, verses 9 and 10, Paul prayed for his brethren that they might be filled with a spirit of knowledge and discernment and understanding. It takes some humility for those things to happen in our lives so that they might bear fruit to God's glory. When we're full of ourselves, when we think too highly of ourselves, when we're proud of who we are and what we stand for and what we represent, we may well be right biblically, but we are not sound. We're not healthy. God's people may not be proud. And then number five, what does it mean to be biblically sound? We emphasize the whole counsel of God. The whole counsel of God. What does that mean? Acts 20 verse 27, Paul was talking to the elders in Ephesus and he said, I did not shun, I did not hesitate to declare to you the whole counsel of God, everything that God has to say. You're probably aware that people on the East Coast and the West Coast, they, they think kind of highly of themselves, just talking generally, making a broad generalization. And they call states that are in the middle of the country you know, um, Iowa and Missouri and Oklahoma, states like that, they call them flyover states. Why? Because nobody ever wants to stop there, they say. They just want to fly over. There are a lot of congregations and there are a lot of individuals who have some flyover passages in their Bibles. There are some things that God has been very specific about in his word that all of us need to listen to and need to obey. There are some things that God has been very clear about in his word that a lot of people would just rather fly over. And while they may give a lot of attention to the identity and the historical nature of Jesus, they might give a lot of attention to who God is and what he's all about, they may well be guilty of not emphasizing the whole counsel of God. That's not healthy. It's not right. Emphasizing all that God has said. Preach the word with all long-suffering and doctrine. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 2. 
That's what Timothy's commanded to do. Hold on to the sound words that have come from Jesus Christ and preach everything he's given you to preach. In Acts 20, verse 32, Paul talked to those Ephesian elders and he said, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up. What does the word do? It's the word of God's grace. And as we listen to everything that it has to say, it builds us up spiritually. It makes us healthy spiritually. If we have flyover passages that we're not going to pay attention to, we're not going to talk about, we're certainly not going to contemplate obeying, we're not healthy spiritually, neither as a congregation nor as individuals. God's word must have priority in everything we do, and we must give attention to all that God says. In 2 Timothy 3, verses 16 and 17, the passage that talks about the inspiration of Scripture tells us that it's all profitable, it's all useful, and it's all able to make us thoroughly furnished for every good work. Do we really believe that as God's people? Or are there subjects and topics and passages that we'd really rather not talk about and we're really not going to give much attention to as the people of God? It's not healthy. It's not sound for us to fail to emphasize the whole counsel of God. When you think about being healthy, I like to eat pumpkin pie as much as the next person, but I don't want to make my living on only pumpkin pie. When you think about what it means to be sound, taking God's word and allowing all of it to permeate our hearts and minds and dedicating our hearts and lives to obedience to the word of God, that's got to be what every Christian is all about. It means that we're healthy. It means that we're spiritually vibrant. It means, brothers and sisters, that we're sound in the faith, healthy. Are you sound? As a congregation, are we healthy? Are we sound? We need to give attention to that question as the people of God. If you're here tonight and you've not obeyed the gospel, health and healing and hope can only come through Jesus Christ. Only he can provide those things. Listen to his words. He says, Unless you are born of water and the Spirit, you cannot, exclusively cannot, inherit the kingdom of heaven. Through repentance, through faith in Jesus Christ, through confession of his name, through baptism, we find a relationship with him. We participate in the new birth. If you're ready to make that commitment this evening to come to Christ, to put him on in baptism, or if you need to respond and you want to ask for prayers, Whatever your need is, won't you come down the aisle as together we stand and as we sing?